podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I, I'm doing well. Uh, I think this show is already off to a better start than yes. the last show because the people's mic uh, has been fixed, uh, the a.k.a. I, I just adjusted adjusted a, a setting on it, and so it's working. And also, you're not deathly ill. Yeah, it's it's going to be a much better week. And by the way, adjusting a setting on a microphone that's the size of my pinky seems like it would be a difficult task. I I'm 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 embarrassed. Uh, I I didn't actually think I was going to admit it on the show, but I have to be forthright with the people and tell them that for some reason this little switch went up and it needed to go down. So mm. that was the that was the whole issue. Interesting, interesting. Well, I you know, we always start the show off by talking about something non-football related and then we end the show usually talking about things that right. are not football related. This week's topic, Denny, that I I need to talk about is the people on Twitter and on social media, Twitter mostly because that's really what we use the most. But mm-hmm. the people on Twitter who hit you up and they tell you that they're either a going to unfollow you or they're you know they're on the verge of unfollowing you or b letting you know that they unfollowed you. Oh yeah, uh, basically telling you, hey hey man, shape up or I'm or I'm out of here. <laughs> you better watch out, or else I'm no longer going to be following you on Twitter.com. Which is which is an amazing threat, especially when and you know we're just stating facts here. JJ has like sixty thousand followers. And one person thinks that they're going to force JJ's hand in changing his behavior. And by the way, this was this was on a on an intentionally bad joke. Yeah, I right. I made a I made a bad joke. Th- this one in particular. Look, there's there are lots of people who have hit me up through the years saying I'm going to unfollow you, or I just unfollowed you because they didn't like a joke, or you know I made a bad recommendation, what have you. That's going to happen, right? This one in particular was someone who was just responding to my Julio Jones tweet uh, of Julio Jones having scored one touchdown over the last one game, which oh, I look after after sending multiple tweets over the last month about, you know, making fun of Julio Jones not scoring a touchdown. I felt like it was worthwhile to, to let people know that he scored one touchdown in one game. It was also a fact. I mean, you were just stating facts. You were that you were bringing your analytical mind to to the game and saying one touchdown, one game. That's all we. That's all we need to know. Um, uh, by the way, if you're going to threaten people with an unfollow, don't target the big accounts. I mean, if if you really, really want to to leverage your uh, follow following a person, go after the small accounts. Yeah, you're, you're you know, right. you threaten them. There, there's no, there's no reason to threaten the, the large accounts. I mean, I act, I actively seek for people to unfollow me uh, <laughs> uh, on occasion. So uh, don't, you know, th- th- this is your currency, but it doesn't. The currency is no good when the account is large. Think about, like, think about why we have social media like why do i have a twitter presence why do you have a twitter presence yours is just to put people on tilt 
but <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have them for takes. We have them for conversation, right? So there's conversation. You want to build a brand and a readership. That's a big thing. And usually you want to turn that readership into some sort of money, right? I mean, that, that's just, that's just me keeping it 100. Like why else would a, a, an author want a large following? Because you want a larger readership because that leads to a better career and more money, right? Right. Bottom that's line, exactly. bottom yes. line. So realistically, someone who's telling me, someone who actually has the attitude of going to someone and saying, I'm going to unfollow you, that person means so little, means, yeah. means absolutely nothing. To, to, not as a, he's a, you know, this person's a human yeah. being, that's fine. But mm -hmm. they mean literally nothing to, to what my, my purpose is on Twitter. Exactly. Yes. And, and uh, uh, by the way, unfollowing, I think there's a famous joke, maybe Chris Rock uh, had this joke. Uh, telling someone that you're unfollowing them on social media is like telling them you're not going to a party that you were not invited to. Yeah. You know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't go out to, uh, you know, at, you know, Trollberg 57 and say, uh, Hey, can you, um, follow me? Please follow me. I'm begging you to follow me and to read my stuff. He, he followed you. And, and, but now he's saying, by the way, this party that you're having online, I'm not going to be there. Right. And you say, well, that's, that's okay. Cause you, it's, you were not, you were not invited. You were not invited. It, look, it would be totally different if someone hit, like I had never inter interacted with this person. And, and this happens all the time. There are people who all of a sudden out of nowhere, who I've never seen, usually you can recognize people through their avatar and, and sometimes their handle and stuff. And I, I had, you know, the, the people who come out of nowhere who I've never interacted with before. And they tell me that I'm like, I, I I didn't know that you would, you know, no offense, but I had no idea that you existed 13 seconds ago. Right. Yeah. If it's, if it's a, a living the stream <laughs> listener who I've interacted with for years and who I, you know, there, there's at least some connection there, you mm -hmm. know, that, that means something to me because that person consumes my content. And you know, if they're giving me feedback and I'm being a dick and they're like, I got to unfollow you. That's one thing. If it's this person who's just tilted because I made a bad dad joke, then yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like, come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if they don't appreciate bad dad jokes, then you don't want them around anyway. I think that that's the the main point here. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely is the main point. There's just so many crazy things that happen on social media. I just I've gotten to the point where I'm just like I I think that these people just must be miserable. Like it's yeah. it's really all it is, and it's sad, but that's just the the truth. That's the only way that I feel like I can get through a day on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a sad platform. I think I think it's full of full of sad people. I I also uh, love when, when people will follow you and unfollow you to make sure that you're seeing that they, they are in fact following you. It's like baiting you into following back. Right. Right. Um, I mean, they don't do that so much anymore. Back, back in, in the, the day, day, back in the day, back in the that day, was people baited so hard. They would, they would follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow. Hey, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Hey, I'm over here. I'm following. Are you going to follow back? Are you going to, and, and, you know, after a few of them, the answer, you have to take the answer as uh, no, we're not going to follow. Back. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so, there's so much troll. I hope that you guys are hearing the loud noises outside. People, people also get really upset about me mentioning the loud noises outside on this show because no one can ever hear it. Yeah, but, and that's okay. I mean, they're distracting to you. They're but distracting at least no me. Can. So if I sound like an idiot, I mean, I always sound like an idiot, but if I sound more like an idiot, it's because I'm being distracted by, you know, an ice cream truck or a loud motorcycle that's driving down the street. But yeah, the, the, the never, the never ending ice cream truck. I, I, I think, I think you, that's like, that's like a seventh circle of hell is the ice cream truck that never stops. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. 
know if it's because like, obviously, you know, my readership has grown because, you know, time goes by and that naturally happens. But like, I mean, I've gotten trolled way more Mm -hmm. this year than any other year. And it's never, it's never because of an actual take that I have on a podcast or anything like that. It's always like a random tweet that I send out that I had no intention of, of it like being a big deal. Like there was the one last week where I mentioned San Francisco is a two and a half point favorite against the Raiders with either, you know, a quarterback who can't grip a ball or a third stringer who no one knows. Right. And then at the bottom of it, I said $100 million. Right. People took that as me saying, bet the Raiders. What? <laughs> <laughs> $100 million. I mean, like, wait, wait, Guys, I'm a fantasy football. I'm the editor in chief of a fantasy football web or of a, you know, fantasy site. Why do you think that I'm making a hundred million? Do you think I have that much money? Do you think I'm any close to that that much money? It, why would you not take a step back and say, "Man, this guy's never ever given betting advice from this account before. Maybe he's just making fun of John Gruden." Right. Uh, there are like a, there are like eight hundred people on planet Earth that have that much money, and <laughs> and uh, you you happen not to be one of them. And I I don't know I don't know if people think that um, writing you know fantasy football content is um, you know the, the the path to becoming one of the richest people on earth but uh it's not it's it's, uh, it's so actually I, not it's not I, I yeah it turns out it's not uh although we get obviously we get tens of millions from the patreon but not hundreds True. let's not get crazy yeah it's just like even if you took it as hyperbole like that that's the thing about about social media man it's like it's like instead of someone just saying like what does this tweet mean or do you really miss people just take it to the to the furthest extreme they can possibly take it and oh, tell yeah. them that that you know your mother never loved you you know they just <laughs> they just they just go to the, the complete extreme instead of just being like hey man what did you mean by 100 million dollars right exactly and also if i want to know if my mother loves me then i will march upstairs right now and i will ask her mom can you stop cooking the meatloaf for a minute and tell me if you love me yeah and really the most tilting thing to me about uh those sorts of things I don't care if I miss a pick and people make fun of me for it because mm-hmm. I, I screwed up, right? What I what I get way more tilted about or tilted at all about is when I'm misunder when you know I'm misinterpreted or misunderstood and people take things out of context whenever it's mm-hmm. not something that I wanted to say. You know, it's not a it's not fun whenever you send a tweet out and then someone just twists your words and then all of a sudden, you know, you're 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 having dinner with your family and then you check your phone and people are calling you an asshole on Twitter. <laughs> like like that's not that's not an enjoyable experience. I don't want that out of my social media experience. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's enough to make you want to delete. Well, not me, but you. Yeah, I mean, I I've I've definitely wanted to this season. Anyway, all right, Danny, let's move on to what yes. happened this past week. We didn't feel like amazing about our streaming picks. Uh, in week nine, but they came out really, really strong, um, yeah. or at least pretty strong. You had the Dolphins. Uh, they ended up scoring 25 fantasy points. Uh, they were, I think, a QB or QB uh, defense too behind only Chicago. Dallas was fine. They had seven points. Could have been uh, better, but they they gave up a lot of touchdowns. Um, and then Kansas City had four. So overall, not a not a bad week from a defensive standpoint, especially if you uh, ended up using Miami. At quarterback, uh, the one that we obviously, you know, the, the main play, which we don't always have a main play, but there was a main play last week, and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He scored 24 fantasy points, just total DGAF mode. 
Just, oh man, it was it was classic, right? It classic was classic fit. Fitzpatrick. The the, the the Buccaneers go down by like six touchdowns, and and you're like you're like this, and it's like you know after the first like quarter and a half, you know Curtis Samuel scoring. I mean, literally everyone outside of DJ Moore scored in that game for Carolina. Yeah, right, and and which was great for my lineups, by the way, my <laughs> yeah. DFS lineups. Uh, uh, yeah, when when the when the Bucks went down by like 21. I was like, here we go. Yeah, like, right. You you just you know what's in, you know what's next. Yeah, right. you know exactly what's coming. Uh, and it's going to be DGAF mode Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to very good weapons in offense. Uh Adam Humphreys being the best wide receiver on that team, of course. Oh, obviously. Um so Ryan Fitzpatrick just puts up 24. I mean, if if Tampa Bay is down by 28, you know, usually we say that, you know, a, a, a super negative game script isn't necessarily a great thing for a quarterback because that means that, you know, it took a garbage performance to create that garbage time. That's the, the best way to phrase it. Um, but that garbage time started in the middle of the second quarter for the Buccaneers. Amazing. Just just incredible. Like I was I wasn't even sweating. Yeah, right. It was amazing. Uh, Derek Carr, who we didn't, you know, didn't love. The only reason why we really talked about it was a bad streaming week in general. Uh, the pass rush uh, usually hasn't been that great for San Francisco, but it was great on Thursday night. Um, I'm, I'm really down and, and done with targeting Thursday night quarterbacks who are on the road. This is completely anecdotal, but I don't want to, I don't, I'm done with it. Yeah. Well, especially when it says as uh, iffy as like a Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. What a disaster of a team. And then we had Alex oh. Smith, Alex Smith uh, scored 16.44 points. So not a bad outing for him at tight yeah. end, two good tight end performances are pretty good ones. We had Chris Herndon, uh, the fourth, who ended up scoring 10.2 PPR <laughs> points. And then yeah. old man Ben Watson, who's about to be replaced by Des Bryant, uh, he scored 15.2 PPR. Yeah, see, look, I send I send good tweets every once in a while. No, that is a good tweet. That was a good tweet about Des Bryant uh, uh, trying out. But also, it's that's actually a great idea, and I think the Saints should consider it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, I, they, they really could. Uh, so o- overall, not a terrible week. Um you know, tight end has really become just just the biggest dumpster on this planet. I oh. I, I just I I can't even I, I, with that position anymore. I mean, you guys you guys have to understand as the season goes on and we're giving these recommendations, it gets more and more difficult because we've recommended players who have become pretty much you know starters for for your team. You know, whether it's at tight end and you know Jared Cook or whether it's at quarterback with some guys, but. You know, once you get this late in the season and it's at a position like tight end, just just wait for our recommendations this week. It, it, yeah, that's right. And and by the way, I was forced into playing Jeff Hireman in two leagues. Yes, I played week. him in a league too. I was for, no, absolutely. For, I'm talking about like I consider dropping him for like a flyer yeah. wide receiver, and I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna plug him in at the fle- at the stupid flex, and and he goes he goes nuclear. Honestly. There's nothing that feels better in fantasy football than being forced into playing a guy who absolutely burns down the house. You know what's funny? I forgot that in my my weekly column, the report, I I you know I go I have all these tables and then I'll give commentary on like three or four guy or four or five guys at each position. Then after uh-huh. I give you know provide the, the the data, and one of the guys last week that I talked about was Jeff Hireman in in, oh, in the wow. column because but it wasn't be I, I did mention like you know who knows what happens in this post Demarius Thomas world. But the one thing that that I was I was kind of interested in is is that he's seen like really good red zone work, and, and I was comparing it and contrasting it to to the other tight ends. So that was really more so my focus. So, but I'm still going to take the W for that because because oh. you, you know Hireman went off and he was in my column. So of course I'm going to take that W. 
Yeah, there's no question that you need to take the win. Uh, speaking of when you said the post-Demarius world, can we just real quick talk about Jason Witten for some reason repeating the phrase over and over and over again when you live in this world? <laughs> I don't think – so I, I haven't – re. so I, I went to bed early last night, so I didn't watch the full game. I still have to rewatch it, but the – so I haven't I haven't heard all of the Jason Witten commentary from from that he, game. He so he he kept saying you know Dallas has basically Witten was saying Dallas has created a, a, a terrible inflexible offense that only functions one way and cannot function any other way right yeah. um, and uh, they can't adapt because of the way the offense is constructed that's what he was saying and this is, comes from Witten which is amazing yeah right and so he kept referring back to that point by saying. When you live in this world, like you don't have any room for error. When you live in this world, you have to feed yeah. Zeke even on third down. And then you, when you live in this world, he must have said it. I, I, I honestly would 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 guess 10, 10 to fifteen times, to, to the point where I thought that I was like having like an, a medical emergency <laughs> where I, I was like, am I seeing the same thing over and over again? Like, well, what is wrong? With like, this like, guy? like, there's like that's a very, very easy thing to have happen while you're especially like I don't know if you've like you know whenever you're writing something you introduce things a, a, a very similar way whenever you, you know sometimes not all not always but you notice that you're using a word one one yeah. or two words or a phrase a lot in one column, uh, but the difference is that he's on national television and there are many many people in his ear that should be saying hey maybe quit it with this phrase. With this crazy phrase, when you live in this world, uh, anyway, uh, let's let's. Uh, like it's not. It's not even like it's not even like a normal phrase that that you hear on a daily basis. I, I mean, there are other ways to say it, but but what what is being lost? What's what's lost in the crazy phrase is that Jason Witten, who was in this offense, yeah, is right. is uh, uh, very honestly saying it's a terrible offense. Right. Right. All right, Denny, week 10, uh, give us a, it's actually a pretty good week for defensive streamers, but we have two of them that we want to talk about. Why don't you, yeah. why don't you kick things off? Packers, uh, Packers defense is available in 20, uh, actually, sorry. <laughs> uh, they're, they're owned in 23% of leagues like me and, uh, the, the dolphins they're playing, they're playing the dolphins. Packers are playing the Dolphins, and that's the end of my argument. Now, the, um, the Packers are 10-point home favorites. Green Bay is sixth in sacks through nine weeks, while Miami opponents have 11 sacks over the past three weeks. Uh, the, uh, those are three games with Brock Osweiler under center. Um, and so the Dolphins are giving up around eight schedule-adjusted fantasy points, I think the Packers defense profiles more as a as a as a really solid floor, floor play, but if things get out of hand and and they could, I mean the Packers are not good. I mean obviously, right. but but they're ten point home favorites. If things get out of hand and Osweiler is forced into just really horrendous game scripts, you never know. Yeah, yeah, I like the Packers. I mean the the obvious play though is the one that I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's the Jets defense. They're still out there in sixty percent of leagues, so they're they're a fringe streamer. Um, you know, the, the they're playing the Bills. The the Bills are historically bad offensively. Like I, you you can't even. It's it's hilarious too because there were Buffalo Bills fans that were they were trying to defend this offense in the preseason, yeah. like like very hard. Like talk about talk about Twitter mentions. Uh-huh. Nothing was worse this season, I think, than when I talked about like Kelvin Benjamin. And 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 I believe there was a beat writer who said that Benjamin's going to do quite well this year. Yeah, 
Uh, so anyway, so with the Jets defense, they're facing Buffalo. The Bills are allowing an average of 3.7 sacks and 1.8 interceptions per game. Mm. That essentially gives your defense like an eight-point floor. In, in, in seven of the nine games this season, defenses that have faced Buffalo has fin- have finished as top six options. Like that, that's that's absolutely absurd. That's just so I, horrendous. I don't remember like a better target. There hasn't been one. There, there hasn't been one. We uh, through through the year. This is what our like our fifth year doing the show. There has not been an offense that is so obvious to target more than Buffalo. I, if someone I, can I, think I, of it, then let us know. But I, I can't think of one. I, I thought that there was a quarterback for Arizona in one of those years where they went through like uh, four or five. Maybe, quarterbacks. maybe you mean like the Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley. Those, you know that he's a running backs coach now. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that did, the quarterback thing didn't work out. I yeah, guess. Yeah. But people got really mad about that on Twitter. Uh, well, what do you mean? That he was that he's a quarterback that's that's a running backs coach. As if that is a bit like why does that matter? What? Wait. He can't know about running backs. He's been around <laughs> running backs his whole life. No, it's literally the one position that he plays next to his entire life. How can he not know about running backs? This is that's the question. But yeah, Lindley comes close. But this Peter this Peterman thing is just money. Yeah. Um. All right. So those are the two defenses. We have the Packers and the Jets. I, I will say, um, two other or three other defenses that that could be out there. I think the Chiefs are still fine against Arizona. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, you have the Chargers who are in an unreal. Actually, I only have two defenses: the Chiefs against Arizona and the Chargers who are against Oakland. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Chiefs are 16 and a half points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like we, we went with the Packers and the Jets, but uh, there's because they have a little bit lower ownership than than Arizona and, and, and L.A., but both of them are unbelievable options as well. Yes. All right, Denny, quarterback, uh, you have a fun one. You, 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 uh, you have two fun ones. I, I, I think that the more logical streamer of the two is actually pretty fun. The, okay, wait. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm just going to guess at yeah, which yeah. one you're talking go, about. Go so. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I like Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is fun. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you, we we talked about this. I wasn't excited. I, I think I referred to him as Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I looked into it, and you're right. I I do believe that he's not a terrible play, um, despite that throw uh, to Corey Davis last night, which was one of the worst misses I've ever seen uh, in the end zone. You'll see it when you rewatch yeah. the game. Uh, well, we can do our. Uh, you know, film grinding session together later. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. So Mariota is available in 86% of leagues. Uh, only seven teams give up more schedule-adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks than the Patriots. And I mentioned the fact that all touchdowns against the Patriots are basically scored through the air, and that, that remains almost true. 86% of touchdowns scored against the Patriots come via the pass. That's the highest percentage percentage in the league. Um and as far as uh, potential pressure on Mariota, uh, I know that you know he had that game where he, he took 11 sacks against Baltimore, which is sort of an absurd thing. But be, beyond that, you know, uh, the pressure and sack numbers against Mariota haven't been uh, outside the norm. And New England has 13 sacks on the year, which is third fewest uh, in the league. They're they're just not getting much pressure on the passer. So you could have a situation where Mariota is you know, forced into quite a few dropbacks, not facing much pressure. He's also averaging almost six rushing attempts per game. So you have that little upside. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that 
what we saw in the first half of the season is a combination of Marcus Mariota being banged up. He had that like nerve damage and stuff, and he just didn't look himself. But then on top of that, they had a pretty rough schedule, uh, and I, I think that definitely played a role. So to me, Mariota's a, a pretty strong play. I don't mind Blake Bortles. Now, look, guys, we're, again, we're, we're going by ownership. So guys like Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield. Like, I, I would play Baker Mayfield over both of these guys, too, this mm-hmm. week. Like, th- those types of plays uh, aren't on the table for this particular podcast. So we talk about uh, bad quarterbacks like Blake Bortles. So he, he's, been, he's been awful this year. Uh, but actually, from a fantasy perspective, about half of his performances have been usable um, mm-hmm. in some way. And this really is all about the matchup. They're in a dome. The Jags are three-point underdogs. Uh, Indy has been really bad against the pass. Uh, in their last five games, four of the quarterbacks that they've faced have finished as top 15 options. And the mm-hmm. one quarterback that didn't was Derek Anderson. And all the while, they've faced Derek Carr and Sam Darnold. So mm-hmm. so they've, you know, they've not been great defensively. For what it's worth, Bortles had th- over 300 yards passing last year in Indianapolis. That was one of those games without Leonard Fournette. Um, so I, I don't, I don't mind Bortles if you're in a pinch. Um, I, I would probably play Mariota over him. Um, but I think both are, are still, you know, decent enough streaming options. Yeah. And, uh, Indy, another team that's not getting much pressure on the passer. So that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have one more. The fun and one. I will, I will go ahead with the fun one. What's more fun than Nick Chris Mullins? I can't stop saying Chris, <laughs> by the way, Chris Mullins. Uh, it's, I feel like I'm playing NBA jam. Yeah. Chris uh, Mullen was awesome. Uh, so, so Nick Mullins, we, we don't know how he would perform if, you know, if he's facing even anything remotely like negative game script, because he faced insanely positive script the entire time, uh, against the Raiders, you know, like anybody does. So, uh, but, but I think that there's reason to believe that he could see something similar, something in the neighborhood of that sort of script as the Niners are at home. Uh, they're three-point favorites on Monday night against the Giants. And you, while the Giants, I feel like a salesman right now, but while the Giants are not a good matchup on paper uh, or just the computer, uh, the Niners, uh, I'm sorry, the Giants give up 7.1 yards per attempt, which is among the highest in the league. And only New England and Oakland have lower sack percentages than the Giants. So Mullins might be able to not, you know, have his head torn off and run around uh, the entire time against against the Giants. The, this game has a terrible over under. I think it's 43. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I, I I don't I don't I I'm not seeing a scenario in, in which I'm playing him in a one quarterback league. Right. But uh, you could do a hell of a lot worse in yeah. a two quarterback. Yeah, you could do worse. You could do worse. Uh, at tight end this week, uh, we're going to go back to Chris Herndon, the fourth. Um, if you look at what he's done, so back in week six, he had that two catch, 56 yard, one touchdown performance, right? I actually, I'm not kidding. I, I played against him in a league that week. Some, yeah. Someone played him when he had done nothing. But that week when he had that, that uh, his first touchdown, um, he only ran seven routes according to Pro Football Focus. So it was, it was a super, super fluky game. But since that game, uh, he had, he's gone from seven routes run to 12 the next week to 17 the next week to 26 last week. So, so he's seen more and more routes run. Um, and, and, and that's obviously, you know, the 26 number is, is basically what you see from uh, tight end starters and from, from tight end pass catchers. So uh, that's good. All the while he's had, he's had about a 12% target share. 
It's not great, but tight end again. I mean, you're you're only getting I think only three tight ends this season have a twenty percent plus target share. Uh, it's like Kelsey Ertz and and uh, George Kittle. Um, the the rest are are under that. So you know you're not going to see large target shares to begin with. The matchup's fine enough uh, against Buffalo. Um, I I think that that again you could do worse for sure. Um, especially if you're if you're going on the waiver wire and you're just staring at this giant giant flame of hot yeah. garbage. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Uh, all right, one, two, three. You can do worse. Uh, my tight end is C.J. Uzama. Uh, and last time we recommended Ozama, he saw four targets and caught none of them and posted a zero. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to build on that. We can build on that, I believe. But, but the four, four targets, Hey, if you're in a point per target league, you know, you actually, you um, actually couldn't do worse than his last performance. No. Yeah. You literally couldn't do worse. Uh, so you know, obviously AJ Green being out opens up some targets that he might be able to take advantage of. Um, per JJ, Uzama ran 31 routes in Week Eight, uh, which is uh, not at all hateful. No. Uh, it, it's a, a, I mean, how many tight ends are running more than? 31 yeah, that's routes? like it was like a top five or six number that week. Yeah, right. And so here's the bad news. I'm going to deliver the bad news. Are you ready? The Saints give up the third fewest tight end points when adjusted for strengths of the schedule and uh, uh, and only have given up one touchdown to tight ends this season. But, but as we always try to do, we always try to attach our tight end or we try to get a tight end attached to a high scoring game. This game has a 54 point total, which is the highest of the week. Uh, and, uh, and Ozama is out there in uh, over 80% of leagues. Yeah, I think he's a strong play. Uh, if you guys want to dig a little bit deeper, now this is this is a true dart throw, um, but I think there's some logic to it. It's Michael Roberts. Uh, there's no Golden Tate in that Lions offense anymore. And last week, uh, Roberts ran 24 routes. So for some context, in his two games prior to last week, he combined to run 21 routes. So I think that there could be something there, considering Golden Tate wasn't in the offense, right? Like there's some there's hey. some connection. Yeah, I guess I guess Luke Double L Wilson is not going to happen, yeah. is he? So there's so because of this, uh, you know, you're looking at a, a matchup that's not great, um, but the Lions are six and a half point underdogs, which means they could see more passes uh, than than normal. Um, so if there's more passes and he's running routes, you know, you could do worse. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of my logic with Michael Roberts. I mean, it, it actually is. It's painful to talk about tight ends. This it is. I I hate I hate this part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it, it could because I mean you you really I feel like I feel like a used car salesman who is selling yeah. a total lemon to to an eighty year old uh, guy you know right. like like uh, who who I'm trying to get over on some but but we're working with nothing here all right give us a break yeah absolutely nothing so tight ends just or sorry streamers just to recap at tight end we had Uzama Michael Roberts and Chris Herndon Roberts being the deeper play quarterback we have Nick Mullins as a deeper play and then Mariota and Bortles as sort of normal plays but you know there's probably other guys in your wire like Andy Dalton or a or a Baker Mayfield or something um and then on defense we have the Packers defense the Jets defense and then I guess we should just throw can I mean you could say Kansas City and the Chargers but again they're they're owned in in uh more leagues yeah. so we we can't really list them yeah but but K, if you if you have KC 
after playing them against the Browns, then I would just hold hold them. Yeah, it's just yeah, you can unless you can get the Jets just because right. just because it's right. they're such a good option. Um sure. but if you have to like burn a waiver spot or something like that, it's just not worth it. All right. Before we get to the questions, Denny. Yes. So we had this opportunity. Someone hit us up uh, with this. You know, was, they wanted to send us some products. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, you can send us some products. So there are these cleaning products. And since we're, we're and since we're dads, of course, we have things to clean all the time. We're we're, we're married dads. Uh, we, we, you know, and and there are things to do around the house that require, uh, good solid cleaning products. Now I. I, I have been using this all-purpose cleaner from Trinova, and the, the good folks at Trinova sent us these products. Uh, I've been using this instead of the Lysol wipes, okay? Yeah. Um, which I thought I thought the Lysol wipes were pretty good for 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 wiping down the various uh, surfaces in the bathroom. I mean, the, my kids, uh, my kids' bathroom is disgusting, okay? Like I go in there and there's crusted on toothpaste from like a week ago. And I, I, so I'm using the, the Lysol wipes and I'm like, oh, this looks pretty good. It turns out that it doesn't look anything like it does after I use the all-purpose cleaner. And I promise you, I promise you that was not like a planned thing. I didn't know. I didn't know how this right. turned we, we didn't. We, they, they literally, they sent us these products and they're like, hey, yeah. do you want to talk about this on your podcast? We're like, sure, we'll talk about it. But we want to at least like try it out and stuff because we're. We're, we're in a position that we clean things around our house. So we want to see what these are like. And like, like you said, the, the, the main one that I've used is that all purpose cleaner. And it's been awesome. It's been great. Yes. And, and, and I, so I really thought that the, the wipes were doing a good job, but this all purpose cleaner, I'm like, Oh wait, this is how it's supposed to look. There's no, there's no like streaky, disgusting mess afterward, which I guess I didn't realize was there. So the all purpose cleaner is really, really solid. Also, also the shower door cleaner. Now, let me tell you something oh, about shower done, doors. I haven't, I haven't used that. That's sweet. Uh, I shower the shower door in in the kids' bathroom is horrifying. Okay, and 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 I I'm constantly spraying it with various stuff. You know things that I get at like CVS and just hoping that we can get it. You know reasonably clean, right? Uh, or so the kids don't get like sick off of whatever is growing on it. And um. I sound like a, a great parent, but, uh, so I use this, this, uh, the glass cleaner from Chinova and it, it actually like, you can see through it, which is kind of a miracle because I didn't think that you could see through it anymore <laughs> after we've been living here for almost 10 years. Uh, so the glass cleaner is awesome. The all purpose cleaner is awesome. And if you, all the dad runners out there, I know, I know like 80% of our audience are dad runners. So listen, listen up. Uh, LTS listeners can get an exclusive 20% off their first order uh, by searching Trinova on Amazon and then entering the code. Are, are you ready for this code? Yeah, let's hear it. I don't know. I don't know if you're ready. The code is Foles Week Three. Woo! How good is that? It's Foles, so it's F O L E S W E E K. The number three, Foles Week Three. Enter that code. Get 20% off uh, the Trinova cleaning products that they're actually good they are they're actually good like we, I, like you know this is obviously something that they're like yeah we want you guys to talk about this and yada 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 but like like it's it's actually good no like, yeah I, and I, I, I was shocked by the results of using that all-purpose cleaner i didn't know what to expect and then i was like oh good they're really good okay good yeah, that's thank so God I, that we I don't can, have to talk about poop on this show i can we, we talked about poop enough <laughs> that's right gosh 
All right, All Danny. Right. Speaking of poop, let's get to the uh, the Twitter questions. Not that you guys who are asking questions are poop, but you just keep asking us about poop on on Twitter. Uh, this first question is from at Ryan Hulla. If you had to play one fantasy football game for your life, and you could only take one fantasy analyst's advice to set your lineup, who would it be? Also, who is the one other fantasy analyst that you would want to do a weekly show with? Um, for me, the, the 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 answer to the second question would be Pete o, Pete Overzet because oh, that's, a good one. Um, that's a really good one because I think we we gel we gel together pretty nicely, uh, and. And also, I'm always trying to um, be as funny as Pete, which is really hard. <laughs> so uh, that that would be. And then, and then, what was the first question? Who you wanted to have set your lineup for you in a, in a do or die type of scenario? And and whose advice would you take? Um, I mean, it's you or Rich. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna go with Rich for both with with uh with my boy Lord Reeves because him I him think- and I just like like. So Denny, Rich, and I have a DM thread on Twitter, and we're talking to each, you know, we're, we're pals, so we're just DMing each other all the time, and, like, very rarely are there disagreements between Rich and I with, with different football takes, and when there are, you know, mommy and daddy are fighting, like, it's a, it, it, because it's so rare, it doesn't happen very often, so we're all taken aback, like, this is really happening right now, but because of that, it makes it so easy for me to answer this question and say, easily Rich, because I know that he'd be setting his lineup similar to how I would set mine. Yeah, I, guys. I, by the way, I just plug my brain into the exchanges between Rich and JJ, and and just and just and just soak it, it just absorb it into my 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 brain until until I'm like like uh, like Neo in the Matrix, learning learning uh, martial arts, you know, through the <laughs> through the computer, and I, I'm like, oh, my my fantasy team is better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with Rich with the answer. Yeah. Next question at S Clark one 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 two eight six. Is that a phone number? Uh, Halloween now is over. Is it great planning or psychotic to decorate before Thanksgiving? Is Big Christmas making November and December the holiday season? The the, the general rule of thumb that I talk about every single year is no Christmas until after Thanksgiving. It makes sense. I I, I don't know why people fight that. And I was I went to to Harris my local Harris Teeter today to get lunch. Okay, I needed to get a little salad. So when you yeah. got my salad at Harris Teeter and there's this awful rendition of someone who sounded like they were dying uh, while singing blue Christmas. It was, uh. it was just, it's like, what, not only is this an awful rendition, but why are you playing Christmas music on November 6th? So if you really love Christmas, you're going to hold off on the Christmas onslaught until it's Christmas season, until it's the holiday season, right? I mean, it, if you want to dilute the holiday that you right. so clearly love, then uh, then you then go ahead and listen to Christmas music for sixty days before the before the the holiday. But but if you if you love it, you wait till Thanksgiving. No, I agree, and I, I love Christmas. I, I love Christmas time. I, I love Christmas music. For after November, all I do is listen to Christmas music because I'm that pathetic. But but. <laughs> To listen to it now and to absorb it all now, like Denny said, it just sort of dilutes the whole experience. Yeah, well, it's it's like people who are into Halloween who on September first are like, "Oh, bringing out the decorations," and I'm like, "No, this doesn't make you a Halloween fan. It makes you a hater of Halloween because you're ruining it." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Next question at B Glaze, peering through a crystal ball. Which hyperstate dad move would concern you the most? Mowing your lawn in November. 
joining an old guy rec league where no one wears shirts or bragging about your man cave to literally anyone that makes eye contact. Okay. I have a problem with this question first off because I cut my grass this past weekend. Okay. I did. I, I, and it's November. I did it in November. Cause it's not, it doesn't get, I live in North Carolina. It doesn't get that cold. I mean, like it was like in the sixties and it was like right. the grass was really long. I had to cut it. So I cut it. The answer to this question is, joining an old guy rec league where no one has their shirts on yeah what was the other one uh, oh talking about your man cave yeah i feel like that's just like a douche thing to do um the, yeah. the man cave thing yeah but but yeah if you're i think if you're in a rec league where every dude is just like 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 sweaty disgusting without their shirts um what, what's that what's that movie with jack black in it um where <laughs> where where he like He's playing somebody one on one in basketball, and he like falls face first into their sweaty chest. I don't know, but people are oh, gonna be it, mad that we don't remember it because uh, people it was, people tilt whenever when, when we forget things on the show and we're like it's on the tip of our tongue. People get wait, really really upset. It wasn't it wasn't Jack Black. It uh it was um go to the next question. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, next question from at Be- I'll just answer this one. From at Bethany L. Peters, JJ, you said to drop Matthew Stafford. That was on my 15 transaction show. You know, in most leagues, I think that you can stream uh, just because Matthew Stafford uh, has not given you that much of a ceiling. Uh, But what about him this week versus Chicago relative to the streamers? So I think that you could technically play Stafford over Mariota and Bortles. Maybe I would play Mariota over him. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you have someone like Baker on the waiver wire or Dalton, I would play those guys over Matthew Stafford this week. I'm, I'm just afraid of that matchup. They're on the road. Uh, and, and that offensive line looks really bad against Minnesota. Um, the offensive line was, hadn't really been horrible this year, but they really hadn't played uh, a lot of tough competition from a, from a front standpoint. Uh, so I am a little bit worried about, about that aspect of things against Chicago. Um, so I think that he's kind of lumped in with, with, uh, the streamers. All right, Denny, did you find, did you find the movie? I did. Thank you. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly. Oh, the, yeah. I remember, the, okay, the, I remember the, that. The 2004 classic. Yeah. Uh, where uh, I think I think he's playing basketball and I, I think it's him or maybe it's Ben Stiller. Somebody in that in that show had gets a face full of sweaty man chest and it's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next question. At Don't Dox Me. Staying on brand, thoughts on the squatty potty, honestly life-changing. I, I got to say, Denny, I have a squatty potty. This is the thing where your it keeps your knees up? Yeah, so you you uh you basically, you know, it's it's a it's a better way for your colon to to sit while you're while you're uh, doing doing the business. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> it was on Shark Tank back in the day, and so I, I, I so I bought one and it's been I I don't want to say life-changing, um but it's it's a it's a good little uh little device it's really just a stool i had to do the most dad thing just now and Den- denny uh, while i'm saying that denny literally just he was sitting on his chair and he just got up i i, I had to uh so the, the the microwave went out and i had to uh do the do the little switch, the switch thing nice yeah yeah nice uh, next question at JRAF 607. If the season ended today and you had the first pick tomorrow in redraft leagues, who are you guys taking? This is an easy question. I mean, well, it's, it's tough. Wait, who would you take next year in a redraft league uh, up top? Uh, Kamara. I would take Todd Gurley. 
I take Gurley all day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll we'll go with Gurley. Okay. All right. Uh, next question is from at s hunter eighty six. Since this is now mostly definitely a poop podcast, have either of you had to catch your child's poop in your hand? I had to do it. Oh. I had to do it last week, but I think it's less tilting than if I had to let it fall on the carpet. Yes, I have. I had to do that at the um, doctor's office one time when I brought my son to the office for uh, constipation, and he he went there, of course, and uh, uh, and and I had to I had to catch it in my hands as he was going, and then walk around with it. Wow. And and no one would help me. I was like, "Can I? Is there like a place I can put this?" <laughs> so I that that uh that's at least it wasn't like like I'm assuming it wasn't like a bad consistency because he was no, he was no, constipated. It, no, it was freaking rock solid. You could throw it through a window. Right. I've I, I haven't experienced having to catch. I mean, my daughter's only a little bit over three months old, but I I have. Uh, she was sick a couple weeks ago. Over the last couple weeks, she's finally feeling better, but. She, I would, I would change, she, she, she had a little bit of a stomach issue going on and I would change her. And while I was changing her, she would just start going again. That, oh, that, God. that happened. That happened. It was like a, yeah. I don't, actually, I'm not, I'm not, not going to get into detail. I was going to describe it. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> this next question is at M hammer 43 is Duke Johnson, a running back two now the rest of the way. Uh, well, I know, I know you, you are somewhat bullish on him i i think that it's pretty clear that he's now involved and so it doesn't matter i don't think if the browns see bad game script from now from here on out you know isn't that good for him i think i i'm kind of i like him so here i i I wrote him up and talked about him in 15 transactions this week he was a hold for me and the main reason is because he didn't run any more routes than he usually does he didn't play uh-huh. any more snaps than he usually does. I mean, he was on the higher end of the season, but it still wasn't anything like abnormal. So from that standpoint, um, you know, it's hard to say, yes, they definitely said we need to utilize Duke Johnson more. But and then on top of that, he played Kansas City and Kansas City has been really bad against opposing backs, especially through the air. They're giving up like a top 10 success rate to opposing backs, all that kind of stuff. The thing is, they get Atlanta this week, and Atlanta has been notorious for giving up receptions to opposing backs. So I think that yeah. he's still more of a hold and he probably can see usage again this week. But I will say, even though the matchups are dictating this, if we see two straight weeks of nine targets to Duke Johnson, then I'll be way more comfortable saying, yeah, he's an RB2 in PPR formats. You can probably plug and play him because they're going to see negative game scripts and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my that's my trying to be level-headed approach because I love Duke Johnson, and I, I think he's very, very talented, and he needed to be utilized more. Um, but I also don't want to, you know, go overboard with the, the love for him. Gotcha. Uh, this next question is from my favorite Twitter account, uh, from at FF penis. <laughs> it says as two analysts that spend a lot of time providing takes on basically every team and upsetting fan bases, are you team X team has the woke fans or team all fan bases have annoying fans? So, well, so, this, do, so do you do, yeah. do you understand the question? Yeah. So, like, do I hate Dolphins fans in particular? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, no. No, I don't. Um, uh, are, I mean, are there Dolphins fans? It's hard to say. But the the if you watch their games on Sunday, uh, I I think that there are obviously the second statement is true. Every, everyone knows that every team has annoying fans. I think 
that there are more vicious fan bases. And I think that those fan bases are the ones that have been so hurt over the years uh, and such a punching bag for everyone else that they've, that they've like, they've become like, like rabid animals, you know, where, where they're they're ready to pounce at at any moment you know, Jaguars fans are, are one that come to are some that come to mind. Yeah. I mean, every, every fan base has, uh, has bad, bad apples. Um, But, but I think, I think the one that sticks out to me, um, is has become Buffalo. Oh yeah. It's just it, it's just it's gotten to the point where it's just like yeah. like I, I don't I, look. I'm not trying to hate on your team. It's really I, I'm just trying to say your team's not good. Well, they're they're an embarrassment uh, to you know to anyone to the league to football. I mean they're they're <laughs> to, they're so to, to the game of football. I mean, but they're but they're they are so so far removed from even a of a somewhat functioning team that that you know like they get kicked around and and so they're hurt and they lash out hurt people hurt you know yeah and (laughs) oh wait hurt people hurt people that's how it goes and uh and that so that's uh uh that that's what you see Uh, raiders fans obviously yeah i've i've experienced and look this is this is not me saying that like everyone in this fan base is bad or me say like like i'll openly admit that steeler fans are obnoxious as hell oh they, yeah. they, they don't understand that they have it really good. Everything is always bad. They're always so pessimistic. Like Steeler fans are awful. Okay. I, I'm, this is not me trying to say, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to defend my city. I'm going to defend my team. No, it's, it's not <laughs> about that. But I will say that before this summer happened and before everything happened with Buffalo last year, making the playoffs, because really, the, you know, Buffalo making the playoffs last year, they were like the fifth worst team in football, according to Number Fires metrics. They were like from a, from a point differential standpoint, they sucked. From from they were very very lucky to make the playoffs last year. And if you tell that to a Bills fan who has waited years for them to make the playoffs, they're gonna get upset at you. But then you add on the fact that like they're in Buffalo, this is what they you know a lot of people like are living for this, similar to how people are in Pittsburgh, right? Like, yeah, sure. They sure. they they live for that team and. You know, I would argue that there's something a little bit wrong with that, but you know, others might have a different opinion. That's fine. But you know, to my to, to what I want to say, before Buffalo, I could not stand the cockiness of New England fans. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stand it. it, it it's it's it has nothing to do with the the Patriots completely owning the Steelers through the years. It, it, truly, it has nothing to do with that. There's just so much arrogance in that fan base. And I understand why that arrogance exists, but it's still God. so annoying, which will make, which will make, you know, inevitably when Belichick and Brady are gone, it'll make the fall so much sweeter. Oh my God. I cannot wait for Patriots fans to suffer again. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but then they're, they're going to just like, like fall into some, some franchise changing quarterback again. No, don't say that. Do not say that. I, they need to be bad again. Make the Patriots bad again. That's what I say. Yeah. Uh, Denny, do you have questions from our Patreon page? Yeah. So I, I did a little experiment. I posted a Patreon thing uh, that uh, where uh, Patreon posts, some would say, where I asked for questions for the podcast. And I got a lot, JJ. I'm talking about a ton. So I'm going to do three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take three from here. And everybody, I'm going to try to answer the rest tomorrow during an emergency podcast in which I try to fly through these questions. But so, so here, here's one that we have to, we have to get to because I've never considered this or heard this. Uh, so Christopher Davey, uh, asks, uh, hi guys, long, long time shitter, 
first time sitter, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> our, our league is thinking of bringing in forfeits if a player if a player of yours gets involved in an altercation with the police. Wait, wait, wait. Is, okay, keep so going. So he, he says, is this a bad idea or even racially provocative in today's climate? Love the show and glad to be a patron. Thank you, Christopher Davey, for the question. Uh, and and yes, I mean, to answer that, that last question, it is, in, uh, in my opinion, extremely racially provocative. And uh, but also it brings in an, an element to to the game, to fantasy football that I don't think should be there, because then you have to start considering guys like private lives. And so I don't understand how they would. What, what is the forfeit piece? For, I, guess, I guess I guess you would lose the game if if your player is involved in a situation with the with the cops. But. Okay. But I and I and and also, how do you define an altercation with the police? Like Robbie Anderson said something, you know, horrendous to a cop last year uh, when he got pulled over for I think for drunk driving or doing like 300 miles an hour. Uh, is that an altercation, or are we talking about like physically assaulting an officer? Like uh, the the definition is so loose. I would say you scrap that idea totally. Yeah, I mean, no matter how you're defining forfeit, like whether you mean like like you forfeit the points for that player or something like that, or ho- however you're defining it, I think you need to just watch Bachelor in Paradise, and and play mm-hmm. play Fantasy Bachelor. Oh, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> because then because then you're actually doing things that are based on these people's lives, and it's totally fine. And it's it's very it's strange to to make games out of uh, because you're just dehumanizing these people even more. <laughs> Yeah, right, and and but and also that there's the there yeah there's the element of of who's interacting with the cops and what's hap- what happens when they do. So, uh, I would just go ahead and stay away from that. Another one that came to mind, and this this is really a really simple one, but I just want to answer it real quick. Cameron Clark asks Saquon Barkley or Joe Mixon rest of season. It's I don't think I mean who's safer than Saquon? I mean, as far as usage goes. Yeah, Sa- Saquon has an unbelievable floor each week. I, there's there's only Todd Gurley, and I mean, it, Saquon's like right after Todd Gurley from, from a floor standpoint, from a from all of that. Yeah. I mean, he is a guy, like Joe Mixon's not in Saquon's tier. I, I mean, Sa- Saquon can, it can rush for like 30 yards and score 25 points. Right, I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, we're assuming PPR here, but um, if yeah. you're playing in a standard league, then you need to, Quit playing fantasy football. Who <laughs> is strong, coming in strong. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 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 Sam Sam Shervin, I think this is Shervin Shervin Swervin, uh, says uh, Matty Ice or Living the Stream with Dalton, etc. Rest of season. I I have Matty Ice in the LTS league, and I am perfectly fine plugging him in every week. Yeah, I, I Matty Ice is a very very good option week in and week out. Speaking of the LTS league, Denny is doing very well. He's in first in our division. Um, Thank you. I'm in third in our division, but I'm fourth overall technically. But we have different like playoff rules and stuff. I'm basically I told Denny a while ago I was like I'm just gunning for that that spot for most points not in because I got really really unlucky in the points against department. Yes, you did. But I think it could be a year where we both make the playoffs this year. 
That would be pretty sweet. I, I, I have a Le'Veon team somehow. I'm eight and one. I don't know how, but uh, but it's all. I want to thank JJ for trading me Tevin Coleman. Thank you, JJ. Oh my God! Beginning of the year, beginning of the year, I had so in the draft, I went nuts drafting running backs, and and it's yeah. hey, it's it's worked out because now I have Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, so that it's sweet. it's worked out well, and and we have really long rosters in this league. And I was like, man, I don't have like I don't have like a wide receiver four, and you kind of need a wide receiver four in this league, right? Right. So we traded Tevin Coleman for Marquise Goodwin, and, uh-huh. and really at the beginning of the year, it's a very very fair trade. And then Marquise Goodwin loses his court, gets hurt, and loses his quarterback, and then Tevin Coleman becomes the RB one in Atlanta because Devontae Freeman gets hurt, and my, everything went to hell with that trade. Everything worked out for me in that in that trade. Everything and and. By the way, I was like sick about trading away Goodwin because I was like, oh my God, I just traded away a guy who's going to get 170 targets. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, anyway, now it I'm out. like barely playing him on a roster with, I think I played like Laquan Treadwell over him last week. Like it's just, it, it's, it's just not, not great. Yeah. Cole, Coleman is, is not, not fun. Uh, la- last one from the Patreon page, Justin Russell. I, I, he drops a word here that I have to define because I, I, I had never really known what it meant. Podcast, he says, is a, I, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this. Podcast is a portmanteau of iPod and broadcast. Now, portmanteau, portmanteau is that some sort of combo, like a is a word blending the sounds yeah. and combining the meanings of two other, two other words. So that that's a hell of a word to drop, by the way. It is. So, it's, you're so you're you. way smarter than us. So I feel congrats. I feel totally totally owned. So it's a mix. Podcast is a mix of iPod and broadcast. Thus, the proper shorthand for the word is not pod, as you guys tend to say, but is rather cast. Wow. So he says. So when are you going to apologize for this? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That is. We got I mean, completely owned there. Good Lord, Justin. I, I feel like like uh, we, you know, we need to like stop the stop the show. We, we can't go on after this. This is wow. this is terrible. He also asked, should I try to be should I try to invest in Ingram and Galladay? Um, Ingr- I don't know how you can invest in Ingram. Yeah, I don't know. Ingram's Ingram's bad. Uh, look, I, I'm, 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 I'm I think Evan Silva actually does this and talked about this uh, at the beginning of the season. But investing in players who are coming off st- uh, uh, performance-enhancing drug suspensions is not a good idea. No. I haven't no. done any research on that. Throwing out a hot take. You guys know that I don't throw out hot takes very often. But Mark Ingram was a guy that I avoided. I talked about it early in the preseason on my podcast. But, uh, I, I mean, Kamara is just so many, so much better than Mark Ingram. I just wouldn't buy him. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he's had some tough matchups over the last three games. Uh, he's running, you know, the same number of routes as Marvin Jones, which is the top routes uh, on the team. His target share has dropped a bit, um, but I think he should still be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's it. That's it from the Patreon page. Okay. We're going to answer one more question from the, uh, from the LTS Twitter account, which you guys can follow at live the stream FF. You, this is from at zip code. You have to vote for one current starting quarterback for president. Who do you pick? Yikes. You know what my answer is? Who? My answer is Nate Peterman. Whoa, wow. Because, okay, because, why? because he needs to stop playing football. Ah, uh, get him off the field. I like it. No, I look, like that's, it. that's me coming. Look, Peterman's a pit guy. So I, I, yeah. I love me some Peterman from a, from a you know, just a, a loyalty standpoint. 
I th- I think Peterman is a little on the theocratic side for me, but I, I I think I think I remember not hating Aaron Rodgers politics. Yeah, he opened up a little bit, right? Yeah. Recently. So you know maybe maybe him definitely freaking not Brady, not Brady at all. Uh, um, so I, yeah, I, I really like the way that Nick Mullins handled himself last week, and he's a starter now. So maybe we, maybe we should go with Mullins for Prez. M- yeah, Mullins twenty twenty. Let's do it. Mullins for Prez. All right, guys, that's the last question uh, for today's show. Denny does have a tilt montage that will be thrown out there. But, Denny, first, let everyone know where they can find you. At CDCarter13 on Twitter. And check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash livingthestream. My kicker column is live and ready for your consumption. I'm on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, you can look at all my stuff over on number fire. That sounds really weird to say look at all my stuff. Uh, you can, you can read my work over on numberfire.com. I have another podcast, the late round podcast and my weekly column, the report will be dropping tomorrow, Wednesday AM in the only legitimate time zone. There you go. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. It's 6 22 PM Eastern time. And I've started a late tilt montage I've been with the family all day as they say well actually I've just been with the family and I've snuck into the bathroom to record my feelings uh, about going against Alvin Kamara in several leagues I said it I think on the week one montage that it's like looking at a chainsaw coming at you and knowing that you're going to die. And you're just hoping that it's not too painful. That you don't see the blood and guts shooting everywhere as life leaves your body. That's what playing against Alvin Kamara is like. I've locked the bathroom door so no one can come in. If someone hears me, they may call the cops. Or at least tell my estranged wife that I'm talking to myself in the bathroom. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.